0: Hey, it's Dr. Fuck, and you're listening to The Plug Podcast with your host, Nate Acheson, also known as Bushy. This podcast is about music and so much more. And now,
1: here's
2: Bushy! All right, welcome to another plug of Vieira Vault crossover show. That's outstanding. I have with me today, obviously, the great Dr. Fuck himself, Ralph Vieira.
0: Damn, I'm doing great. You know why? 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 Because cause I'm fucking Dr. Fuck. That's why I feel great.
2: I mean, if you gotta be anybody, be Doctor Fuck.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it's hard to do that, you know. You need to have a very warped mind, <laughs> and not a lot of people think like me. So, you know. And plus, uh, I love America, bro. The United States of America. I am a proud, proud American citizen.
2: Greatest, greatest country on the face of the earth.
0: Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Amen to that. Fuck communism.
2: <laughs> Speaking of that, how was your fourth?
0: My fourth was glorious. I went to my brother's house. There was a barbecue going on. And for the first 4th of July ever, I was the one that supplied the food. Nice. nice. Yep. I went out. I got ribs. I got T-bone steak and the special other steak my brother wanted. Some hot dogs. And we, rep- we, we celebrated the birthday of the greatest country ever
2: outstanding did you do the fireworks and all that
0: no uh, Though they do have a big firework display um, my my brother's like a block away from the beach uh-huh so they you know they have a firework display on the beach but actually i already went home before the fireworks started so i watched the south beach and the bayside which is in miami but i could see it over the the river, nice. Well, the bay. I could see it over the bay. I got up on the roof of my condo and I sat out there, and I just fucking soaked it all in, man. That's no alcohol, thing. you know. I mean, I'm not drinking alcohol, but I was drunk on the freedom of the United States of America and oh the God. glorious birthday it's having.
2: Outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, we actually had a good fourth here. Navea had uh, finally come home from New York. Um, Brought a new dog home, so I guess we have filled that hole in our hearts. We have a new dog. Uh, She's a part miniature husky uh, border collie mix, which means that bitch jumps everywhere. She doesn't run, although she runs. (laughs) She runs. (laughs) But she bounces across everything. You know, instead of coming around the coffee table to get on the couch, she jumps across the coffee table to get on the couch with Tavea. (laughs) <laughs> but we did the whole cookout thing I had a buddy of mine, I don't, I don't have a lot of friends here I, I, I have found that um, my 32 years in northern New York have warped me I, I, I don't mesh well with the Bible Belt South but that's okay because they're not getting rid of me But I, uh-huh. you know, I do have one good friend here I used to work with him, he doesn't work there anymore but he came over, we were drinking beers we were grilling out, we, didn't, we just did burgers and dogs, we didn't do ribs and all that nonsense because Nevea doesn't eat shit I did have her mother bring me down some salt potatoes, which is something that people down south know nothing about. But it's my favorite thing ever. And uh, my favorite baked beans her mother brought down for me by request. So I was able to cook those up. You know, some deviled eggs, things like that. Nevaeh, her, her grandmother stopped in Pennsylvania. They bought like $300 worth of fireworks. So she'd given Nevaeh a bunch of fireworks. So we were lighting off fireworks right here in the complex where we live. But the cool thing is, just over one mountain you can see fireworks going off and about the time those ended you turned 180 degrees around and on the other mountain you saw fireworks going off So we were watching fireworks probably an hour and a half
0: yeah yeah basically around the same yeah an hour and a half uh yeah almost two hours i think i was up there between nine to eleven and the fireworks were already going on when i went up there so
2: i love that because i didn't you know, with all this COVID thing, I didn't know. I, I know the town that Neve and I were living in canceled theirs. Right. But the next town over, and it's not really a town, but I guess it's a town. They have a lot of communities here. Like, I come from a place where they have villages. Like, the village I grew up in, uh, you know, from sixth grade up, only had 350 people in it. But they have another village that probably has 50,000 people in it. They didn't even call it a city. Now, we were living in a town that was called the city <laughs> of Newland. But only had about 1,300 people living there. But they canceled theirs. This little community about four miles away, they still put theirs on. And right here in the town I live in, they put theirs on. So We didn't go out amongst the public because we've been pretty safe here. Since the outbreak, we've had eight cases in this county. I don't want to push my luck, but I haven't had to wear a mask or anything except at work. But I'm not going to go try to be up on a son of a bitch either.
0: Yeah, well, you have to down here. The spike in Florida is ridiculous.
2: I know, and I just saw, and, it, and, I, and I hate that it's kind of misleading. It says, biggest one-day bump ever, 15,000 cases. It's like, yeah, but when, when were those tests done? Like five, six days ago? <laughs> it, 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 it I don't
0: know. It's just, it, it, well, you know, I mean, I don't pay attention to so much uh, the whole You know, because I know there's a political thing to it as well. Because, you know, in this day, you throw something out there and you have to put a a political tag on it. Um, You know, both sides, one side, it's a conspiracy. I ain't wearing no mask. And there's another side that says, no, 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 wear a mask. Because, you know, it's not really, you know, so much to protect you. You protect everybody. Here's where I stand on it. Hey, man, I'm wearing a mask. Fuck it. It doesn't bother me. I only wear it to go into publix to get food I'm not uh, with it that long then I come home and quarantine myself no biggie right. you know but all I know is that if it goes away I could go out again so hey what if wearing a mask helps I don't know if it does but fuck it people are saying it works so hey man as fast as this shit goes away the better because honestly um, the whole this whole conspiracy thing sickens me And the other side sickens me too. They both sicken me. You know, it's like just shut the fuck up. You don't (laughs) want to wear a mask, fine, but fuck, you're gonna get corona. I think.
2: (laughs) Well, like I said, I've been going since January when the thing started. I'm good. We've only had eight cases in the entire county. That's from outsiders. So. Well,
0: dude, I I know.
2: I live in the country. You know, I guess. Yeah, I know. I live down here
0: in cities. I know a guy. I know a guy. I I didn't. It was a friend of a friend, but we knew each other. Right. He died from it. He was a young guy. He died from it. Uh, Julian Gill, the great writer of uh, The Elder and all that shit. He got it. He survived it, but he got it. Right. Um, my, my. Well, I don't want to say who, but there's a relative that was about to get married, but they had to cancel the wedding because of the coronavirus. And ironically enough, the soon-to-be husband gets the coronavirus. I don't know, man. I see people getting it. So fuck it. That's that's enough for me. If it's five people or five thousand, I'm wearing a fucking mask. I don't I don't
2: necessarily disagree with you. I like I said, I live in the country. You know, I I do. Yeah, I have no, to,
0: that's I Hey, have dude. To
2: I, what it work? You know, I work at a plant with uh. Um, I think we have three thousand employees plus or minus. You know, there's hand sanitizing stations as you walk in. Now I will say I don't do that shit at all. And I'll explain that in a minute. But uh, you have to wear a mask there. And that's from the moment you can't get out of your car without a mask on. Even in the parking lot. You know. Yeah, so, it's not that strict I'm masked as soon as I get out of my car. Walk through all the hand sanitizing stations. You know, you'll s- stick your hand under the squirt 70% isopropyl alcohol on them. Walk into the building, scan your badge. Because everybody scans in and out every time. And there's a, a, a thermal television with a temperature reader on it. And you have to stop and stand on that thing so it can take your body temperature. And if it's too high, you report to the nurse, your ass goes home. You know, but we're masked the whole time. You cannot take your mask off until you sit down at a table in the, in the, in the cafeteria. And there's, of course, plexiglass partitions in between every seat. And that's what I really wish I'd gotten into is plexiglass because them fuckers are making money right now. <laughs>
0: oh, of course, yeah.
2: But I don't oversanitize, and I'll tell you why. You know, I touch something, oh my God, I've got to wash my hands. I'm kind of like George Carlin on this one. The best way to not get sick is to sometimes get sick. And by us, over-sanitizing, over-sanitizing, over-sanitizing. What happens when the next great plague comes along? Now you've got no immunities because you've been sterilizing your fucking body. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I take the precautions, I do socially distance, uh, went out in public. You know, I'm not trying to hang out and talk to people. If I do talk to somebody, I stay six, eight feet away. Just because I'm not, a, I'm not a moron. I don't like that thing on my face. That's just all it is. I sit in that damn thing for 12 hours a day.
0: Oh, and, no, that's different. i you know, I'd a, go in nuts.
2: A, in a brutal environment, because it's hot. I work next to the sterilizers in this plant. And they run. Now, I forget what the They've got to sterilize this liquid that goes into human bodies. So it's hot. It's humid. So after dealing with that for 12 hours through the overnight, I'm, I'm fucking done with the mask. But I'm half ass responsible. I do stay away from people. <laughs>
0: but yeah, well, bullshit, I mean, There's
2: a reason for yeah. here.
0: Cuz we're sick motherfuckers.
2: That's right. And uh I I've, I've been a fan of these guys for a long time. Uh albeit uh not as long as you. But uh we were You don't you're, to-
0: you're not aware. You're not aware they sell them at stores near you though, right? <laughs> you just went to Tennessee. What the fuck, Bushy? You, you should call me before you take those long trips. Long I couldn't say
2: Ten- the, the, the Tennessee state line is like 15 minutes away.
0: Oh, okay. That's different. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm from Florida.
2: Yeah, yeah. To so get to uh, Hampton, Tennessee, takes me a half hour. Elizabethton, where uh, I know you don't follow football, but uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Whitney, is from Elizabethton, Tennessee. His brother's still the high school football coach, so he's in town every once in a while. That's about 30 minutes away, 40 minutes away. Bristol racetrack's about an hour away. Johnson City's about an hour away. It's also the only place I can get my New York beer. My Labatt Blue is in Tennessee.
0: Well, you know, Bushy, I, I'm in Florida. So, obviously, I don't know the distances, like, from Louisiana yourself. But one thing I know for sure, Bushy, is you 2 sucks.
2: Oh, I could not agree more. Wow. You like lo- uh, you don't like them.
0: Fuck yeah. No, Unity. I... Fuck. Oh, you like them? Fuck.
2: No, no, I I, I don't. I, I, I did kind of dig one song back in the day one song and that was mm-hmm. that uh still haven't found what i'm looking for but it was blasted on mtv all the time and fm radio all the time you know so it got to where yeah i kind of dig that song
0: oh my condolences uh,
2: yeah it, it sucks almost as bad as you know uh, uh like if you would heard friday i'd love it decided you like that song because you heard it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how pain, I, I, that's how painful I, I, it is for me That I liked that song
0: I haven't, I haven't heard that one enough And uh, it's still <laughs> as painful As I did it if I did hear it enough
2: <laughs> Absolutely But we're here to talk about the reissue Not the original Although I did pull out my uh, original vinyl The reissue I, I didn't realize this had been out this long Came out in 2018 of Twisted Sister You Can't Stop Rock and Roll yeah. And uh, like I said, I know you've been a fan much longer just because, well, you're an old fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when, when did Twisted come across your radar? Because I know I'm a fan. I've got the, you know, We Are Twisted fucking Sister documentary. I've got, I think I've got everything but Under the Blade on vinyl. And I've got it all, you know, digitally. When did they come across your radar? When did, when did you become a fan of Twisted?
0: Well, the first time I even heard of them was MTV had a little bumper in between videos. You know, you're watching MTV, and they showed a little tiny clip of the song "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll." That's how late I came into. It. I didn't, I wasn't aware of them during Under the Blade or the Club Days. That he would they were around ten years before all that. You know, right, right, never yeah. heard. Riding I don't know, maybe, the maybe maybe I saw them in magazine, but I my, my memory is that little tiny clip of You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. And I loved it so much because they would show that clip a lot. And I was like, God. And then finally, I saw the video. They played it. And I was like, I got to get this. This is so good. And uh, this is my first Twist Sister album. And uh, maybe Timeline's everything, but it's my favorite, man. This has always been my favorite Twist Sister. Then I went back and got Under the Blade. Actually, my friend had Under the Blade on cassette. Really hard to find, but I did find it in a store, an import shop in Fort Lauderdale, had it, and I bought it. That's before, because for those that don't know, Under the Blade was uh, re-recorded, not re-recorded, remastered, and it sounds totally different. Uh, Mark Mendoza did it, and um, uh, Atlantic Records released it after you know the success of stay hungry and before come out and play came out oh, okay. so uh, See, I didn't even know and that. yeah a lot of people hate hate the newer version and yeah you know, I like the secret version more but you know I mean I did a podcast recently want to plug it they're called this podcast belongs to them it's I, on I, the I right rec- side
2: saw, saw, I've, I've watched <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> I've watched a couple of those episodes that you appeared on.
0: Yeah, we did a Twisted Sister one. We did one, and um, it's, uh, I don't even know why I was going. Oh, uh, because everybody was there. Ah, fuck that version. I was like, yeah, yeah, that version sucks. But I have it, and after we recorded, I said, man, I haven't heard this forever, because I don't know why. You know, I'm a completist. I own everything. Sure. So I had to go buy that. And I remember listening to it back then going, yeah secret version's better and I never put it on again so after i'm um, there slamming it with everybody because you know you listen to me now and you watch that episode you're probably going to think oh look at ralph peer pressure no i actually did feel that way during it but and i will rectify it next podcast we do i'll say guys i listened to stay hungry that 84 version and i think it kicks ass still like the secret version more but it's not as bad as i said in that episode because i haven't heard it in so long but they did not touch. You can't stop rock and roll in its deluxe. It's exactly how it was recorded back then, and uh, it does you know it doesn't sound different, but it's beefier. Um, but oh yeah, and I also want to stress everybody out there: stay away from Captain Howdy. But also stay away from Stay Hungry's. Uh, well, both Stay uh, Stay Hungry was re-recorded called Still Hungry.
2: Still Hungry. And I'll piss terrible. you off, because uh, some songs I like, others I don't. I'm 50-50 on that one.
0: That one's terrible. And also, the Stay Hungry 25th anniversary, whatever the fuck, they botched it up. Really? So when you put, y'all, yeah, you put it on, go get find the original CD. You listen to that remastered one, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. It's like the lowest CD I own. I mean, you crank that shit all the way up, and it's really not that loud. Oh, wow. Yeah, they really this, fucked it up.
2: This is the up. 25th anniversary, not the Still Hungry.
0: No. Uh, no, it's it's Stay Hungry, but, you know. And they released it with another CD that's all outtakes. Some are good, but it's like, dude, I'm talking about 50 songs. You know, some are not that long. So it's hard to, like, you know, digest it. Right. And, you know, so it's hard to put on a CD with 50 songs and, you know, kind of digest uh, what's the good ones, what's the not. But, you know, I mean, that's just me. But this—that's uh, this like, on that's like trying
2: head. to go through the vault. Yeah, you know, I'm, um, I, I'm still working through that. I can listen to one, and then I, you know, I have to go back later, and I, I still haven't gotten through the whole thing.
0: I, as far as the vault goes, I took notes listening to it. Then I put the, my favorite songs off it in my iPod, so you know, so I don't have to go through that again, you know. And, <laughs> and I don't have to do that sometimes. Out of 11 CDs, I made a good, like, CD and a half <laughs> of nice. good songs. Yeah. Some good shit on there, though. You know, stuff that's good is fucking awesome. I loved it. So Sure, sure. You know, so, but, yeah, most of it's just fucking garbage. Kind of like the Stay Hungry thing. It's like, you know, everything that I threw at the wall during the recording session is on there. there little clips, big clips. It's It's a confusion, confusing, confusing CD. Yeah, that's now, that's let me something
2: go. for like a super uber fan.
0: Yeah, and and I and I am one, so I'm glad I have it. But I'm just explaining that man, it's hard for me to like remember how it was. I just remember song after song after song I was like, damn dude, this is fucking endless. Like, you know, there are some full songs that I remember are good, but I can't remember offhand.
2: That's great stuff. See, because uh, I'm I'm younger. I'm a, you know born '75. Uh, so I got into rock and roll. I mean, I got into rock and roll and metal early. You know, we were in Heidelberg, Germany, from '83 to '86, and I know that at some point while we were there is when I got into rock and metal because my dad gave me the Kiss debut and Kiss Alive because he didn't want that. What do you say, clown shit? You know. Yeah. I, and I had a buddy. Uh, we would talk Kiss all the time because you know how kids are. Even though Kiss had dropped the makeup by this point we're still discovering them. So it was just as magical for us as it was for you guys when they first came out.
1: All
2: right. And uh, I know that I had heard, we're not going to take it, but it was on some kids show that I used to watch called Kids Incorporated, um, you know, where they would you know, lip sync all these songs, but it was actually them singing, but you know, for television purposes. But somewhere in there, I remember seeing the album come out and play and I was overseas and I was, I was just kind of amazed by the, the manhole cover thing. You know, you, right. open, you, you flip that thing and that scary looking drag queen, that's like the worst drag queen ever is jumping right. out at you. And as a, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 year old kid, I was fascinated, never got any of their music. Come back to the States, you know, mom and dad get divorced. Mom marries a metalhead and, that was shocking. He was 10 years younger. So the man's only about 10 years older than I am.
0: He I was... am too. I was, I'm was. i 65, man. <laughs> oh, no, the year, the year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'm 65, you're 75, 10 years younger.
2: Right. Well, he was why a huge metalhead, and he used to record well before Headbangers Ball. You know how they would have those hour blocks of just, you know, hard rock, heavy metal. He had those eight-hour VHS tapes loaded with videos. And, you know, we were over at his place one day, and he puts in this tape because he because he knew, you know, the stuff that I was into so far. At that point, we're talking KISS, ACDC, a uh, little bit of Cinderella. Um, yeah, that, that could be it, really, at that point. I hadn't really discovered metal yet. And he puts this... VHS tape in the VCR, and I'm getting bombasted with Wasp, with Megadeth, with, you know, not Metallica, I don't think one had come out yet. That's the only video they had done to that point. But I'm just getting hammered with all these videos, and of course the We're Not Going to Take It and I Want to Rock videos were back-to-back. Hilarious. And I was like, holy shit, I gotta check these guys out. So I went out and bought, you know, Stay Hungry and come out and play. And uh, eventually Love is for Suckers. And um, I've, I've been a fan ever since. The funny thing is, when I got this album, this uh, reissue, because I've got the vinyl, I've never put it on my turntable, ever. And uh, as I, like I was telling you earlier, I thought I had an original pressing. I'm missing one number. Instead of 780074-1, I've got 80074-1. So I'm, I'm assuming it's a, you know a later print. But uh, I, I had no knowledge of this album, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. I was definitely a Stay Hungry, Come Out and Play and Love is for Suckers guy. Until Big Hits and Nasty Cuts came out. And that's when I started discovering some of the early stuff, obviously. Because you have Under the Blade, you have uh, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, Destroyer. I am I me and I'll never grow up. Now are the two songs that really stuck out to me on that, which led me to backtrack and find the rest of this, you know, this discography. And I will tell you this: when I bought this album, and I uh, I didn't even know it existed, this reissue, until you had posted on Facebook, uh, Terrence had got it for you. I was like, holy fuck! I didn't even know this thing existed, so I ordered it off of Amazon. Did not leave my CD player in my car for three weeks. And that's between both the, uh, the album with the three extra songs and the concert, the second disc. I was just, they were interchanging. I got about a 25-minute drive to work up and down the mountain every day. Just never left my stereo in the car. It's, it's, it's fucking brilliant, if you ask me.
0: Hell yeah. It fucking is. great album, man. I love every fucking track off it. Ah. Every single song. I do.
2: Let's see, uh, as I'm looking at it, um, I like the original ten. What? The the original ten that were on the original album. They had those three. Oh, bonus no, I'm tracks.
0: not talking about bonus tracks. No, oh, okay. Bonus, dude, I hate bonus tracks. Now let me explain why. Bonus tracks ruins the the album experience. You know, it put you know I'm fine with putting bonus tracks on a separate disc, but I hate when I listen to an album so used to then like two songs that most of the time, weren't good enough to be on the album, have to douche it up. I mean, for me, I hate it. Uh, a great example is those Cheap Trick CDs, those early ones. Man, they do some really shitty songs at the end. Well, the unreleased, I dig Go-Go Girls. Boy, I don't dig that song, man. And it's like, and, and, and fucking seven, that, that is the perfect, the perfect album. The very first uh, Cheap Trick album. It's perfection. And then all of a sudden, they got these douchey fucking Songs that were worked on where the producer said, Are you kidding me? This shit sucks. Well, let's keep the tapes and we'll put it out on this. Right. It, so, you know, yeah, saying bonus tracks does not represent an album to me, especially an album I grew up on. Now, these bonus tracks came out on the first reissue of uh, we, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. This is the second reissue.
2: Oh, okay, first. See, I, I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah, the first one was like sometime in the 90s. It, it, it just broke the bottom's track. They, they reissued, oh, you know why you don't know that? Because I found this out during that podcast I did. All those reissues are out of print. They were released by, I believe, Spitfire Records. It's a company that went out of print. So they, they re-released both, ver- no, no. They re-released the Atlantic version of Under the Blade. You can't stop rock and roll. Stay Hungry. Everything I think, all of them, and with bonus tracks, you know, and, and and it's shit. It's just shit. I hate it, you know. I remember one of these songs. Let me look at. Let me grab my glass. Well, can you name them for me? The two, the two bonus tracks. I remember one of them was okay. No, there's, uh, there's three. There's
2: uh, right. one bad woman, four barrel heart of love, and feel the power.
0: Feel the power. That one I liked, but the the other two was like, oh god. You know, it sounded like who, who the fuck wrote this? J.J. French.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know? What what bad woman is cheesy?
0: Yeah, it sounds like those songs Twisted Sister would do in the seventies that J.J. wrote. J.J. Right. had a lot of songs, and they said it sounds like that. You know, and yeah, by the way, D
2: took over all the songwriting and became just a yeah, fucking beast.
0: Yeah, and, and that's another thing. There, I've heard people say, "Yeah, bullshit." D wrote everything. Because it says all music and lyrics by D. Snyder. Well, if you are aware, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Bushy, but there's a war going on with D. Snyder and, and not um, Tom Warman, the guy that produced the album.
2: Yeah, I've, I've seen a, I've seen Twitter feuds between these guys.
0: Yeah, well, there's an audio interview that man, while he's totally bashing D, you know, then he flips and goes, you know, it's a shame because the guy's a genius. He would walk into the studio and show the band how to play the song. He wrote the music and the lyrics. This is the producer saying it in the middle of a war with this guy. Wow. So it must be true that right. Dee Snyder writes all the music, all the lyrics for Twist Sister. I was skeptical too. But when I heard that, I said, holy shit, Dee's a fucking genius. He write and you know, Tom Warman was praising him saying how, amazing he was at you know coming up with songs and lyrics you know he's never seen that before of all the bands he produced all all bands had input not his sister it was all d d even showed jj how to play the drums what how to play the drums on the songs guitars mark mendoza he showed them all and that's pretty fucking impressive man
2: yeah that's that i would have never guessed that i would have thought he would have come in with a chord progression I said, all right, guys, and I figure out, you know, we're going to do it in this time. And, you know, of course, it was four, four, but you, you work on your fills, you know, Eddie and and JJ, you work on your guitar fills and your solos and Mark, you know, you just beat the fuck out of your bass. I've never seen a guy not play the bass. He just beats the fuck out of his bass. He's he's
0: an amazing bass player. And and,
2: and he doesn't uh, slap. That's the funny thing for a guy that yeah, beats no, he's, the shit out of his face, yeah. he doesn't slap.
0: <laughs> he's amazing. That guy is just an amazing bass player. What a great solid rhythm section. Oh, for I me. mean, musically the most, you know, I mean, JJ and 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 fingers are capable, but they don't really stand out. They play for the song, which is fine with me. But sure. they, you know, you can't say JJ and Eddie are technically. As badass as AJ and uh, the Animal. I mean, those guys are awesome on their instruments, you know. Oh, but, right. you know, oh Piro and uh, 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 yeah,
2: Mendoza. Yeah, they're fucking, they're they're right there.
0: Yep, they're awesome. And, and and I'll tell you this right now, man. Twist's sister has to be the most vicious fucking band you can see live. I mean,
2: and, and I uh, never I, got to see him, and that's that's another one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you. You know, in, in regards to this album, is I know you've got some live stories.
0: And Twisted Sister is not a band you want to play with. You just don't. Uh, last time I saw them, I went to New Jersey to the to the um, Hurricane Relief concert. It was Twisted Sister, Anvil, TT Quick, Raven, um. And I know there was another... all oh, the Rods. Now, I'm a huge fan of all these fucking bands.
2: I dig you know? the Rods. I have one of their albums. Uh, I had never heard of Raven until me, you, and Ian saw them in Nashville. And, you know, like I told right. you, I saw a Madison Square Garden quality show in a fucking bar the size of a bedroom.
0: Yeah, they're amazing. A Raven are just... You know, and they're, and they're the and real and You're
2: about to tell me that Twisted Sister blew them off the stage?
0: Blew everybody off the stage. And here's the fucked up part. D had to be somewhere like early, early in the morning. So, Twisted Sister ended up not headlining. They did a headlining set, but they played right in the middle, like right after it was. It was uh, some local band, then The Rods and Raven, then Twisted Sister. Anvil had to follow them. Oh, fuck! And, that. and but Anvil's great, but God, it was just, you know, I mean, it, it They they came out and they slaughtered. They just slaughtered it, you know, and. Um, it's just a sight to behold. Twisted Sister Live is the most intense band I've ever seen live. You know, not the greatest band I've seen live. Top five, for sure. Maybe my second favorite. Second or third band. Van Halen with Dave, Pantera, and Twisted Sister are the three greatest live bands as far as energy. You know, uh, is, uh, you know that type of show. of Energized fucking show. Those three bands. I've never seen anybody. I I keep
2: hoping against hope that Twisted Sister will eventually release a live concert video. They've gotta have footage that can be mastered somewhere. No man, they
0: have some great ones, Bushy dude. You definitely gotta get. There's a double CD, a double DVD out there. I so recommend this. It's Twisted Sister in a club, but professionally shot. But it's a big club, right? And it it was their last show before going to England to record Under the Blade. And the second disc is the 9-11. Um, 9-11, they, the, when they first reunited right. for this 9-11 thing that happened in New York. So uh, it's so worth it. Then they have a live uh, live at Wacken. They have the still Stay Hungry Live 84. They have a lot of stuff available God out the fuck there. How did man. I not
2: know any of this? Because anytime I'm on Amazon searching for live concerts, this shit never shows up.
0: Oh yeah, it, well, man, maybe it's out of print, but holy fuck, those are worth having.
2: Yeah, I, really I Definitely worth have to look into that because, like I said, they're a band I never got to experience, other than in the uh, the the, the, the uh, documentary. And you know, it's it's awesome to hear that when when you went and saw them, they still had that mentality of we're going to kill everybody because that was their club days.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they like, never it we never don't give a escaped fuck them.
2: Who's on stage? We're going to destroy
0: them. It never escaped them. Then, you know, I saw them back in the Stay Hungry tour. Twice, actually. They came back with Maiden. The first time was Docking and YT. Solid fucking show. But my God, man, they were just savages. You know, I mean, they were like just, it was like they let, you know, cages open, wild dogs out on stage. That's, That's what Twisted Sister would be. And they had this fucking foaming front man, you know, frothing at the mouth that if you ain't into it, he's going to call you out. Oh, brutal. T- and, I,
2: I love if, watching that kind of footage. Yeah. Cause he, he'll just berate the fuck out of anybody. Yeah. If you're not into it.
0: yep Calm jackoffs and, you know, dicks with ears. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> and, you know, that, to me, as far as the, 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 the yapping. Oh no, nobody can beat D Snyder. I'm sorry. As far as a front man, the yapping, the, because the thing about D. Snyder and this is very inspirational to me, because I do the same thing live. D. Snyder goes out there and he doesn't know what he's going to do. It's not preplanned. Right. It's all spontaneous, and that's how I always perform. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say between songs. I just let the moment, you know. And that's what D. Snyder is the king at, and uh, I applaud him, man. He's ex- uh, you talk about ridiculously underrated. As not only a vocalist, but as a frontman, forget it. These Niners, for me, as far as like, you know, talking, nobody's better. Not even Dave, who I consider the greatest frontman ever, but Dave was scripted. D was like, you know, and Dave would just say a few words and stuff. Right. D would just ramble, man, and fucking just berate you, you know? Or just fuck around. Well,
2: they had uh, 10 years to fucking get it down. I mean, you got to figure all that time. At first, it was JJ that was doing all the talking. D weasels his way in. Now they're sharing it. And and, and finally, fucking D just, he's taken over because he is a beast. Everything I know about the band says he's a beast. And I will will make this admission. Everybody knows that Kiss is my all-time favorite band. Twisted Sister over the last few months, because I've been listening to them a lot. Man, Twisted is just really, really tried to edge Kiss out. I think the only thing that saves Kiss is their discography. They just have more music.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, as far as time frame goes, I'll take Twisted Sister over Kiss anytime, like when they were both at it. But, you know, I mean, I like 70s Kiss more, but 80s Kiss compared to Twisted Sister, to me, it's not even close. And I'm talking about the first three albums Yeah, yeah
2: Well, I I definitely get that
0: You know, Under the Blade, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll and Stay Hungry, those three albums to me trump all 80s kiss Yes, even Creatures, fight me
2: No, I won't fight you Uh, I'm actually not a huge fan of Creatures I'm I'm in that minority, there's a few songs I like, but I'm not a huge fan
0: I think Creatures is their best album of the 80s, but you know, that's me
2: Yeah, yeah, see it, I'm more of a Asylum
0: I like the asylum, though. They look yeah. goofy, but I like the music on it.
2: But, uh, see, I like that look. That's my coming into metal in, in, in the glam, second wave of glam era. You know, rock stars are supposed to have long gear and bright, flashy clothes. That's, you know, and spandex. There supposed
0: is no to like. rule. There's no rules to rock and roll, motherfucker
2: exactly now we can't even say you got to have long hair because even that's gone out the door Yeah,
0: exactly you know fucking you can have short hairs and i'll still love fucking asylum you know i'll fucking take off their wigs i'll still love asylum you know the music's good good on it it's good it's just that look to me it's just i don't know man i mean you gotta understand bushy i mean you're younger than me i was already you know I, i i cut my teeth on the new wave of british heavy metal right and and uh you know, where it was jeans and t-shirt. And, you know, I don't mind a little glam. Don't get me wrong. But when I see it done over and over and over, and then we have this fucking gods of the 70s kiss just jumping on every fucking bandwagon of what everybody's wearing and sounding like, it just disgusted me. But Asylum has some strong music on it, but you wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know this if the, the, the look, Cause I'm a music fan. You know, I'm a fan right. of music. You can look as ridiculous as you want, but in the end, if the music's good, fuck the look, you know? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So, I tend to like goofier shit. Like, uh, I don't know how you feel about the song, but all, all nights, like <laughs> I fucking love that stupid song.
0: <laughs> dude, that song is so bad. It's great.
2: <laughs> it's it's I a great it, guitar riff. Bruce is killing on that album.
0: It, it's a really stupid song, but I, I have to admit, I love Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park, you know I mean? Because it's so stupid. Same oh. reasons I love all, all Night, you know? But you know, yeah, of the Park, Jesus,
2: that was ridiculous. Love it. I'm not going to lie, love it.
0: <laughs> oh, that movie's fucking ridiculous. awesome. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's great. I mean, as a 13 year old, because I saw it when it premiered on, on NBC on Halloween night, That's I awesome. saw it, and I was the biggest Kiss fan at the time. I hated it. I was like, what the fuck is this garbage I'm looking at? But as the years go by and I look at it through different, through a more insane brain than I had at 13, because at 13 I had class, you know? Now I'm <laughs> classless, and I think it's great. The 13-year-old is ashamed of me now. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. I, I have to ask you about your, uh, your vitals. I know you have this vital what color, because the, the CD come out pink, that threw me off because my vinyl's black with pink lettering.
0: Yeah, well, the black is the American release. Gotcha, the, okay. The pink is the European release. I have both on vinyl, The both originals. Everything yeah. else is the same. The inner sleeve, the back cover, it's just the colors are different. Yeah, the US version is black, and I believe only in Europe is, is it uh, pink, and then the rest of the world, I think japan it's black i could be wrong but i know for sure i have the uk pressing of uh and i found it at a i found it about three years ago at a oh, one of these, yeah a record store you know it, it wasn't even a record store it was like what, what do they call those things where people get together vendors get together and just sell records vinyl convention or something and i found it there and i was like oh shit fuck yeah i get i'm getting this because i known about it I was like, "Cool, I'll get this." You know, I just bought it for the cover, but you know, I've had my "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll" since '83, so yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's ha- it has its worn worn factor. So this one was in pristine condition, so I play that one now. That's
2: awesome. On that album, let's let's take the three bonus tracks out because uh, we both yeah, pretty much agree uh, that "Feel the Power" is the only only strong one of those three.
0: And I still like the rest of the album more than Feel the Power, but I'm just saying, out of those three, I like that one the best.
2: Yeah, and I actually agree. Like I said, What Bad Woman, I can't stand. I skip it. Four Barrel, Heart of Love, I, uh, I, I can get through it if I have to keep both hands on the wheel because I'm coming to a curve because mountain roads are very curvy.
0: Yeah, yeah you, can, <laughs> you can fly off the mountain if you get into that song.
2: <laughs> but uh, of the 10 original tracks, what, what's your favorite on this?
0: Title track, hands down. Uh, you can't stop rock and roll. First song I ever heard, but dude, that song, man, those lyrics, like a juggernaut. You know, like a rising force. It's a juggernaut. You know, stream at force, never to be topped. Cosmic power roaring from the sky. No 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 rock ain't gonna die. I love that shit, dude. Oh hell yeah. And,
2: and you guys, you know, you and Ian, uh you performed that at, at the last Rocket
0: Pod. So That's dude. right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we, we performed it live. Um that yeah, cuz you know, I, I I believe they said we're going to do some really shitty song. I don't know what it was. Or you want to do Can't Stop Rock and Roll. I was like, dude, Can't Stop Rock and Roll, dude. Fuck that. I ain't singing no, you know, poofy hair shit. I'm gonna listen to that. <laughs> oh, I still want to see Ralph sing some poofy hair shit. No, it ain't gonna happen. And you know, and <laughs> I did, I did some, but it's actually songs I like from poofy hair bands. Like right. I've done Live Wire, Live, Knock 'Em Dead, Kid. You know, I've done some, some of those. But um, least what was favorite. I gonna say? Least favorite. I'll say. Okay, let me look at the tracks.
2: God, man, they're all so good. Yeah, it, dude, this is a strong fucking
0: album. I would say, but I'm not going to say. I'm going to say, if I didn't go through the experience I did with this girl that I was girlfriend I loved 10 years ago, she destroyed me so bad, I would have said I've had enough. But I've had enough. Listen to those lyrics. It mirrors exactly what me and her went through. So then it would have to be, damn, maybe The Power and the Glory. I love that one, too. Power and the Glory. Because the rest, I, I love. I love. Oh, wait. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot. The Suzanne song. <laughs> I was going to say, alone. I,
2: I would have really yeah, expected yeah. you to say Suzette's song because no, you're not a ballad I guy.
0: I am if it's a good ballad, and I think it is a good ballad, but no, it's not as good as Power and the Glory. Um, it, it would be the weakest song on this album, but I love it. I love that ballad. It's so, you know, it's predictable. It's nothing, you know, to write home about, but I think it's cute, man. And, and dude, let me tell you something. If I was married to Suzette, I could do even a worse song than that. Ax mean, his girlfriend so, his wife is so fucking hot. Dude, it's ridiculous. Hot. I have the,
2: the whole season of Growing Up Twisted. She's beautiful, and man. And I'm like, that chick still has a tight little ass. Oh my god. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> this is the see because I uh I don't know if you do it or not. Uh, uh, a couple episodes ago, I uh had a long conversation with Jesse Blaze D Sud. Oh, you know, because he he had an upcoming album coming out, and all of his stuff had been released to uh, iTunes. And I had him on. We talked for fuck almost two hours. And uh, Mm. I couldn't say that to him, (laughs) dude. Your mom's got a great fucking small tight ass. (laughs) You can't say that.
0: (laughs) Uh, He'd probably say, you know what? I agree with you. I can't. I mean, I know it's my mom and all, and yeah, of course I wouldn't bang her because it's my mom. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my eyes are functioning. She's yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. D's got it going off
2: for the ugly son of a bitch he is. Let me just say that. Oh, yeah.
0: No, <laughs> and he and did he, he pursued her when she was 16 or 15. Right.
2: And, and the great 50. thing is, he didn't do anything, so he never had to go to prison.
0: Exactly. But they've and been together still, since then. Yeah, they're still together.
2: That's the greatest fucking story in rock and roll yeah. ever because fuck Ozzy and Shannon because I think she or Sharon because I think she's she hurts Ozzy more than helps him, even though he's alive because of her.
0: Yeah, he, she helped him in the beginning. Now he's he's a cash cow.
2: Yeah, know? yeah. But those two—that's a great rock and roll romance story.
0: Yeah, it's 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 amazing. So I mean, you can you know people goof on Steven Tyler and Ted Nugent for having young chicks back then, but they're not with them anymore. Right. He is. So D is different than. I wouldn't even consider him a, a, a pedo if you really think about it. She was probably hot as fuck as 15 and looked 18, you know? And he stuck around and he married her and look, they're still together. So you can't goof on D. You can't no, goof on no.
2: And my understanding is they didn't do shit. You know? Yeah, no,
0: they told till, till she was of age. Yeah. And, you know, she, she, she's raw, Jay. dude. She, and no, and she's also a, a tough chick. She's a New Yorker. Yeah. She and your little bimbo shit. She was. Very smart woman that, you know, kept D in line, you know. Absolutely. So, you know, there you go. And the parents weren't too thrilled, you know. Oh, I've heard sure. the story from D itself. But, you know, there you go. But they're See, still I, together. And I would write a song like that uh, to her even worse. Because, I mean, I don't give a fuck. I could just write a song going, oh, my God, thank you for marrying me on a loop. <laughs> if
2: I was married to her. I tell you what, uh, I, I don't hate that song. Um, when I hear it and it could be because I got it a Twisted Sister later on and even though Love is for Suckers has that kind of sound on it with a much more mid-late 80s glam sound but it's got that vibe of uh, You're Not Alone it seems to be that somebody like Dokken should be singing that song does that make sense to you? just uh, the the, yeah. the the way he said, you're not alone. And he got the background vocals. It's like, that's a yeah, Dawkins song. That's yeah, not the a big fucking vocal. Twisted Sister song.
0: It's the big vocals, but you got to also remember, Dawkins wasn't really around when uh, they recorded this song. Oh, I know you that. Know?
2: I'm just trying to make a comparison as to when I hear this, it, does, it sounds alien to me in the context of Twisted Sister the way I know them. I price, also have to stress. The price doesn't I have to stress. sound like that.
0: No, but I also have to stress I know Dawkins was around back then. Because, you know, we're going to have Pickle Whistler. Dawkins has been around since, like, the 70s. I understand that. But as far as, like, D. Snyder hearing Dawkins, oh, I highly doubt it when he wrote this album.
2: Well, no, because you got to figure they were doing Suzette's song before they even penned fucking It Under the Blade. That's the oh, first really? song he ever fucking wrote.
0: Oh, I see. I did not. See, you're teaching me now.
2: Dude, just watch the documentary.
0: I have the documentary. What we are,
2: we are twisted fucking sister. Yeah, that's that's what uh, JJ's talking about. How you know D wants to go this certain way, and Jay, you know, talks shit to him. What do you write songs? And D said, yes, yes, I do. And that's the first song he ever wrote was uh, "You're Not Alone." Okay,
0: I don't remember. I remember actually that part. You know um, that part you're talking about, but I don't remember him talking about "You're Not Alone." you got to watch it again. I haven't seen that forever. I own the yeah, Blu-ray, because, which has... Because JJ
2: says, oh, it's about Suzette. That's cute.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then D was crushed, and it didn't make the first record.
0: Well, I, you know, I, the Blu-ray, by the way, for that, has got a shit ton of uh, bonus material. See, highly I highly recommend got to get
2: the Blu-ray. I
0: bought it on Vudu, so all yeah, I it, have is the documentary. Oh, no, there's some great, great stories left off, because it's so long. Right. It's really long. If they would add it all that, it'd be a three-hour movie. There's a lot of cool extras on that Blu-ray.
2: Well, see, I think it could have been a three-hour movie because it, it's never boring at all.
0: No, it's not.
2: You know, learning that early, that early early history, you know, when J.J.'s done with the drug and hippie scene and moves into the glam, David Bowie, Motha Hoople-type scene, you know, and joins this band. That's all stuff I didn't know at all. And it never slows down. It's always interesting. I love that they got those old school fans that were tearing up the clubs. That's a brilliant documentary.
0: And the shit they went through, man. You want to talk about a band that stuck together through thick and thin? Uh, But, you know, then fame destroyed them because DZ Eagle got too big. Sure. And but, but back then, it was all for one, one for all. And they did it, dude.
2: And that's and why, I, I tell you what. Having seen the, uh, the documentary and then getting this reissue, Like I said, my vinyl never touched. You know, the needle hasn't touched it since I've owned it. It was one of those. I wanted to have it so that I had it because I have all their stuff digitally. Right. We're, we're going to make it. It's hands yeah. down my favorite song on this album. I love the guitar riffs. And I love the message. And it's, and it's basically, it's talking about all the bullshit they're going through. And it's like, no, fuck it. We're, we're doing this.
0: Yeah. That that's, was a great that's attitude. That's my I,
2: favorite song on the album.
0: Yeah, he was prolific. It was prolific on two things. On uh, we're going to make it. And then the price. It's You listen to the price now. It's like, holy shit. He's, he's talking about the demise of Twisted Sister. Which just happens two years later. Yeah, two, three years. It, year, it hey. didn't take long, man. You fucking. No, yeah. No, they destroyed them. So not come out and play. No matter whether you like it or they hate it, it was the worst album for the time. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Leader of the Pack. Are you serious? You know, and then, you know, they didn't even release Cruelty School. But there's gems on there Fire Never Stops, Kill or Be Killed. I love the title track. There's some good stuff on there. But for the most part, what are you thinking? See? I love Billy Joel, but why are you putting Billy Joel on there?
2: Dude, I don't know, cause "Be Cruel" to your school with Alice Cooper. I love that song. Oh, always love did. Me, man. You know, you know what me. happened is they fell victim to MTV. Yeah, because MTV was this new medium, and now we can make this cartoon version of us and sell more albums. And they just kind of suffered from that because there's other songs that could have been singles off of that record that weren't single. You know, right. fire, what was that you say? Fire Still Birds, uh, Killer Be Killed. Uh, dude, I love um, I Believe in You. It's like my second favorite Twisted Sister ballad. Yeah. I think it's fucking brilliant. You know, those guitars, yeah. the way they whine, it, it, it's an amazing track. And I think that's D talking about, hey, we're there. And, and nobody gets it anymore. This is what I need to hear. The right. love is for suckers. I don't talk to anybody about because nobody likes that album but me.
0: No, I like th- I like the first three songs, uh, Wake Up Sleeping Giant, Hot Love, and the title track. I like those three songs. The rest, I cannot end... believe you like Hot Love. Love it, love that song. Great pop tune. Hey, I'm a big fan of Photograph from Def Leppard. Never when I and that shit's one of those songs you can you can uh, categorize as oh my god, This shit's always on the radio. Yep. I agree, it is, and I never get sick of it. They are just fucking terrible. <laughs> That's great. I'm talking about the people, not the song. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know, I know what you're saying.
0: But, uh, but yeah, there, if it's a good pop song, I'm gonna like it, and I think "Hot Love" is a great pop song.
2: I see, I, I, I like most of that record, but it's, it's the kind of metal I like. That hairy, glammy fucking metal is what I like. Which is funny that I like this uh, old school twisted so much more. Like, I'm looking at this and I'm trying to find a, a worse song, you know, because we're going to make it's definitely my favorite. I Am I B was an anthem for me when I heard it, and I didn't hear it until Big Hits and Nasty Cuts. Man, I don't, maybe The Power of the Glory is like my least favorite on it.
0: Yeah, you know, I would put, I would, as I said, if it for a Suzette song, I'd say that would probably be the, but I still love it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's still not bad. You know, the kid in the back kills like a knife that kills ride the live kills i am i me kills
0: <laughs> man <laughs> the like hob whole... just slays yeah uh, knife in the back will be a very close second for me as my favorite absolutely yeah. love that song that song yeah, is that, so you good
2: can't stop rock and roll that's just very ballsy in your face it's like here we come
0: this was one of those records that when i bought i couldn't stop listening to it I would listen to it several times a day over and over and over again it was, you know, there's certain albums that come out that I get that way with, you know. I just play it over and over and over, and that's one of them. I feel and, you, uh,
2: because, like and, I said, and, when and, I bought this, it never left my CD player.
0: And when I throw through, do throw it on, which I listened to, you can't stop rock and roll. I think like last month or something. I always get a charge out of it. You know, it's 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 in your face rock and roll. That's what it is. It's you know where you know we're not technically proficient. It's just we're going to bash your faith in, you know, in the same, you know, early, early Twist Sister may not sound like it, but it's got that same attitude as Motorhead. You know, it's like Motorhead weren't like, you know, virtuosos, but they'd hit you over the head with right. their songs. And that's what Twist Sister did. They would hit you over the head with their songs. And, you know, and, I, you know, going back to I Am On Me, I've said this on many, many occasions. I Am On Me molded me. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I've re- heard you lo- say that
0: before. Yeah, and, and you know, Fight the Good Fight from Triumph. Songs like that, those positivity songs were kind of like you're giving the middle finger to everybody that said, you're not going to fucking do anything, you know? Right. you know? You can't get nowhere, you're a loser. That, you know, D was speaking to me. Rick Emmett was speaking to me. And I got to tell fights. you,
2: I, I got that feeling when I first heard that particular track. Again, it was big hits and nasty cuts when I heard it for the first time because I was still living at home. I was still a kid. Right. But I had that same feeling. It's like, yes, because my dad swore I listened to metal just to piss him off. Like, dude, I'm spending thousands of dollars in the late 80s, <laughs> you know, buying music because I was a music buyer machine. My first album I ever bought, you're going to laugh at this. The first album I ever bought with my own money, was Def Leppard Hysteria. That lets you know how young I am. But from that moment, I was a music-buying machine. Because at the age of 14, I was a tour guide up at the Natural Bridge Caverns in New York. I made $15 a day under the table, plus tips. I worked seven days a week all summer long. And I would take that fucking money, I would put it in the bank, and I would write a check to Columbia House. I was just a music-buying machine.
0: Yes, sir. Me too. Uh, I, I I basically, I I was, uh, you know, I left my home at a young age. And there were times, dude, there were times I didn't have food because I picked albums over it. You know, I was like, fuck, I ain't got no money for food, but I can't go out, you know. So I would starve, you know, for, for music. I mean, I was that bad. And it's, I still am to this day. I just ordered two vinyls today. I cannot stop. It's a sickness. But hey, it's better than crack and yes. heroin.
2: Yes, it lasts longer.
0: <laughs> it lasts forever. <laughs> it lasts forever.
2: Yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you with I Am I'm Me. And uh, I don't know where I'll Never Grow Up Now came from. That must be Under the Blade. I don't know that song. Where did it come from?
0: Yeah, I'll Never Grow Up was a song that I'm trying to think. What, yeah. Yeah. I'll Never Grow Up was actually on the Atlantic version with Mark Mendoza producing it. Because I'll Never Grow Up wasn't on the original Under the Blade. Oh, okay. The, no, the secret version didn't have that. Yeah, they, they added that as a bonus track. I'm not even sure if, I don't know, I could be wrong. I don't know when that shit was recorded. Maybe it was during the Under the Blade sessions. I don't know, but.
2: I, I, I don't know either. Like I said, big hits of nasty cuts. That's where I discovered it.
0: Yeah, I believe it was, because now as I'm thinking about it, that DVD I was talking about earlier before they went to England, I believe it's performed on there. So it must have been recorded during the end of leg sessions.
2: I just know that I, that, you know, those lyrics kind of resonated with me, because I was expected to join the Army, get married, settle down, and D said, hey, what are you doing with your life? You better settle down and find yourself a wife. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> you know? Right. I'll never grow up. I like, yes, that's the life I want. And then I fucking grew up. Should have listened to that <laughs> song more.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you're going to have to grow up in some aspects of life, but I have that same carefree mentality as a 16-year-old when I was listening to this for the first time. Um, well, you know, here's but Here's the thing I've discovered about Metalheads that I love so much.
2: I don't know what it is about us, but it doesn't matter if it's that song. You know, we just hear that song. We could just we could be out in public, not paying attention to anything. But that song comes on, and for most of us now, sometimes our songs come on over to fucking loudspeakers at the grocery store. But you hear that song, a metalhead will start banging his head and fucking playing air guitar in the middle of everywhere. They don't care.
0: You know, what song are you talking about?
2: There, there's a lot of '80s songs for me that'll like they'll just come on. You know, over the loudspeaker at a grocery store you're like what the hell and i'll start rocking out uh best example for me i was in uh we have a grocery chain up here called ingles and i was walking through there do, just do a grocery shopping and i, I always embarrassed Avea, always because they always have good music playing it's a lot of 80s pop one day fucking, like girls 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 by motley comes on <laughs> and yeah, I'm in the middle of the grocery store banging my head a little bit playing air guitars. What the dad? Stop. Can't help oh. it. But I've seen I've seen bunches of people do that before.
0: Metal. I would uh, you know honestly, I would have been on the Vice side. Be like, dude, stop that shit." Song, <laughs> sucks.
2: Yeah, I know you don't like girls, you know, whatever.
0: I don't like girls. Girls, girls.
2: <laughs> I've always loved that song. No. Greatest stripper song ever.
0: Oh, no. I, I beg to differ. Uh, you know what the greatest stripper song is? <coughs> What's that? Ah, fuck if I know. I don't go to strip clubs. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking waste my money for a hard-on. Kidding me? I dated a stripper
2: when I was in the Army. And uh, for that reason, I could listen to White Zombie, More Human Than Human, without getting aroused. She used to dance to that song for me. So no, I song, like that one. I can't listen to that song. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> Dick's like, hey. Dick starts going, hey, where's Isabel? (laughs) Like, dude, that was like fucking
0: twenty five years ago. Calm down. (laughs) That's a good song. I like that one.
2: It is a good song. Let's, uh, because I'm I'm opening this CD up. Uh, It's got the single cover. It looks like for uh, I Am I Me on it.
0: And Um, um, I believe I own that. Let me open this thing up. Hold on. I think I do have that. I it has some live tracks on it, right? I well, believe I'm, just, a... I'm
2: just looking at the, uh, the 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 picture. You know, twists sister them in their heyday. It Says I am I me, plus live marquee recording, which we
0: know. Oh no no, I don't have this. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover now. No, I don't own this.
2: But that's what I want to talk about is that second CD, because uh... yeah,
0: blistering blistering set.
2: Because I love the, uh, the 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 live at the Hammersmith. You know, I found that on Discogs, and I gave you the heads up that you can get it on vinyl as well. Great fucking recording. I never knew it would even come out on vinyl. But, oh, yeah, I got, it, the, on I got I, it on I, vinyl. I know. I told you about it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it. dude, I love that vinyl. I
2: told you where to get it. <laughs> nice.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I remember that, because I was like, dude, guess what I just got? And you were like, holy fuck, I didn't know that was on vinyl. And I, and I told you how yeah, you yeah. my hands on it.
0: Yeah, I love that, that, that one. That
2: was several years ago. Now, that, that, that one hits my turntable a lot. One of my all-time live records.
0: It may not be in print anymore, I think. it may be very expensive now, the vinyl yeah, version.
2: Yeah, that, well, that's the one I got, and it's fucking pimp. That's all I know. And it hits my turntable a lot. If I'm in the mood for live music, it's either Kiss Alive or Twist the Sister Live at the Hammersmith.
0: That one's a great one too. I and and I w- I always ran around saying, dude, the best live album after the seventies for me was uh, Limey Hammersmith. I gotta say, man, I think the Marquis Show is even better.
2: Dude, it's the, really th- really good. I was shocked to see that Leader of the Pack. I didn't realize they were doing it.
0: Oh yeah, that's a club song. That went so way so long ago. And and when they played it in the clubs, it was one of the very popular songs back then. That's why. You know, D thought, well, you know, I mean, it was big for us in the clubs. Let's try it again. And little did he know, you know, that shit has changed since the club days, dude.
2: See, I disagree. I prefer the uh, I prefer the studio recording. I'll come out of play to
0: this. Oh, my God, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't think it works live. Uh, I don't think it works anyway, even the original didn't work for me, man. And I like those old fucking Motown things.
2: I, I okay I, you know, I I can respect that, but live at the marquee '83, dude. This is as I you know I, I'm looking through all this, and it's just crusher after crush after crush after crush. And, you know then leader of the pack, but then crush and then crush and then crush.
0: Yeah, the thing is that uh, they already they already uh were about to release. You can't stop rock and roll. It wasn't out yet, so. This set list is very heavy on under the blade, you know, right. which is great. You know, I love that. And uh, yeah, they really fucking—they're they're just on fire. And D does some great yet yeah, rapping on this fucking album between songs. Oh hell yeah, he's amazing. JJ's also amazing when he talks. He's you know that New York fuck you or scumbags attitude. I love it.
2: I I, I love know? it too. If I didn't hate New York so much, I would live there.
0: Really, I love New York. <laughs>
2: New York State. Dude, I, I left New York oh, for a reason. Okay. New right. York City, those three days I spent in New York when Thrasher and I was playing, is the most fun I've had in New York State.
0: That, that, is a gr- that was and a I, great...
2: I, I, I tell all these hillbillies down here, said, you know what? I hate New York. I hate it. But if you ever get a chance in your life, you go to fucking New York City. Because yeah. the people are nicer in New York City than they ever were up in the city I lived in.
0: Oh yeah, the people in New York City matter. are nice.
2: Dude, they're, they're a lot nicer. You think they're all assholes. No, they're no they, get, they,
0: they get a bad rap, but they're actually good people.
2: Yeah, they're just in a fucking hurry.
0: You they're know? nicer than the people down here in South Florida, that's for sure, by well, far. They're,
2: they're nicer than the people six hours north of New York City, too, I'm going to tell you that. But right. you go to New York, and I don't care what time of day it is, you can find something to do. There's a reason it's called The City That Never Sleeps.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just a good atmosphere to New York city. I love going there. And yeah, I remember that show it was a lot of fun, man. I, you know, I, that was our third time playing New York. And I know uh, and you were
2: supposed to be there before. And y'all had to cancel. And then this yeah, time you were going, you thought you were going to have to cancel again. Cause New York had just gotten blasted with a snowstorm,
0: Right. And it was the first time I seen snow since a kid. And it was awesome. It was glorious. It wasn't snowing hard, but it was snowing.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was a fucking yeah, New York uh, City, man.
2: That was a that was a killer weekend. I went and saw everything I could possibly see. Uh, I think the only part of Manhattan I didn't get to was Wall Street, and I guess that's on the other side of the island. You know, because I I made it to the Trade Center. You know, I made it to the Statue. You know, which 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 is things that I really wanted to see. I didn't go on you know Ellis Island, but I got to see it anyway. You know, I I got to go see Thrasher and I fucking play. And that was obviously a dream come true. You made Lady happy as a pig in mud signing her T-shirt and meeting you. Because she still to this day calls you a celebrity. It's funny. We were, I kid you not, we were having this conversation a couple days ago. um, Because she got to talk to to the Hell's Kitchen guy I talked to. He wanted to talk to her, uh, Sterling Wright, guy out of Nashville. And that's all he was, was a Hell's Kitchen contestant. You know, he's a chef, cook, whatever. But he wanted to talk to her, so she was all giddy. And she's like, well, now I've met three celebrities. I met Sterling, I met Michael Sweet, and Ralph.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: So she still considers you a celebrity. You're like the shit.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of people consider me a celebrity, actually.
2: Well, you're a good dude. Now, I guess a lot of people don't realize you're just a laid-back, you know, everyday guy.
0: No, a lot of people don't think that <laughs> because <laughs> you're, yeah, I'm, you're I'm, out there,
2: I'm, brother. You got podcasts, you got radio shows, you got YouTube blowing the fuck up.
0: And and the worst part, I have an opinion. <gasps> Gasp! I oh, don't no. a, I don't agree with his opinion. Therefore, he sucks. Yeah, you all don't like bands as well. But when I do it to a, a band you love, makes you a pickle whistler.
2: Exactly, and see and. <laughs> I don't know why people can't figure this out, because I don't give a fuck.
0: I don't either. I really don't either. That's one of the
2: things that, uh, when I had James West on, he said, he's like, dude, it doesn't matter what people fucking say, you stick to it. And why the fuck should I change my mind? Because you don't like something. You know, I'm a huge fan. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm a huge poison fan. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I understand why you don't like it. Fuck off. I do. Yeah, that's that's, you that's you your thing, like it,
0: You know, I don't, I don't give a fuck what you like. I mean, I allow Sammy Hagar talk on my on my page, you know, because some people like him. Fuck it, right? I'm not that touchy, dude. You you and can see, say whatever, and I,
2: and I don't bring it over there because I know you don't like him. It's, it's
0: no, like, you could you could, though, hey, dude. I'll just ignore it, or I'll see, put up see, a little funny see, meme. Me,
2: if I was to come to a, to your almost human page, And post a Sammy video. It would be like I'm trolling you, like I'm trying to piss people. No, out.
0: I, I don't. I'm not that way. I'm not. I'm, I, I know I you're not. I wouldn't think you're trolling me. That's what I know. You like that shit. Yeah, you I can know. post it. I don't care. But you're just no, gonna I have understand. to take some abuse. I, I know, you know you're
2: not. But people that are on that page,
0: I'll you know? fuck them. They, if they think it's you're like trolling, blood me.
2: And water. it's like I'm not trying to stir shit up over there. I don't care. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, ideas, yeah. If so, you're gonna, you know, so why, I mean, I, why stir the pot?
0: Yeah, I don't. I really don't care either. People fucking tell me what I like sucks, and I'm like, hey, hey. you know, that's my reply. Yeah. You know, wh- what else can I say? Oh, since you don't like it, I'm not supposed to like it now, or I should change my mind? Oh, kiss my big black ass.
2: Exactly. Music. Is I so, like what I music like. Music is yeah, subjective. I, Whatever sounds good to you,
0: you you dig. I don't give a fuck who likes Sammy Hagar. I really don't. It may seem like I do. But I don't. I don't care if somebody says Sammy Hagar is better than David Roth. Hey man, I can disagree more, but that's your opinion. Exactly. Fuck it. I don't care what you think. It ain't gonna change my mind that Sammy Hagar is a hack and David Roth is the best. That's what I'm <laughs> gonna think. Now, right. if it bothers you so much that I think that, honestly, I'm sure you can find a cheap therapist in your hometown. <laughs>
2: Truer words never spoken by Dr. Fuck, Mr. Ralphiera.
0: I come with the facts. (laughs) It's the fucking facts. Oh, I hate Monster from Kiss. Yeah, I like it. How can you support that? Because I'm not you, dick brain. Dude, I'm so
2: glad you said that. Uh, a, A friend of mine, and this is actually my old bass player had said something about Toby Thayer earlier. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, well, no shit. He's just an Ace copy. And he, you know, Paul and Gene make him play like Ace. But Monster is still probably one of the best Kiss albums since, like, Lick It Up.
0: It is the best Kiss album since Lick it, it Up.
2: It, dude, he, like, lost his shit. I'm like, no.
0: Oh, yeah, it of really course, is. people. <laughs> and, you know, the bo- the bottom line is, if it was Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer, with those same songs, they'd be loving it. Or Ace and Peter. But since it's Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, I can't admit to liking this. And I know a lot of them didn't even bother to hear it and they say it sucks. But hey, that's them being pitiful. And I'm just going to, and you know me, dude, I'm against Scab Kids. Fuck that. Ace is my favorite. Fuck Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. But boy, I can't deny music. That music doesn't, I don't see scabs in the music. I don't see makeup in the music. I hear music to the music. And that's the bottom line. Yes, I'm known as this. And believe me, I was the scab kiss hater through Sonic Boom, fuck this band, blah, blah. Then Monster came out. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. I kind of was like, God damn it, I like this. But right. still, I liked it. I wasn't going to tell people I don't like it if I actually do like it. I, dude, I just fucking, and I know there's a lot of people out there, not naming names, but I know one person, mutual friend of ours, uh, um, Bushy. Uh-huh. That said, you know, I like some monster, but I can't admit it. You yeah. know, because uh, I have this, uh, you know, this rep of being a scab, a kid's hater, so I can't say it. And you know what? Not, you know, I'm not calling the person out. And, and no. it's not even focusing on him. There's so many like him out there. Exactly. So many that know it's good, but they can't admit it. You know?
2: And you know, I, I, I went the opposite direction, especially with Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom came out, man, I went and bought the CD, I bought the t-shirt, I did I too. Like, fuck it, I don't I give did. a shit, and I put it in, and I loved it, I'm not gonna lie, I loved it, I love modern day Delilah, you know, and, and I, I can't even remember what else is on it, because I never played anymore, you know, I, I, I went a couple years, and I think I reviewed it for my YouTube channel, and I was like, what the fuck was I listening to? They're trying so hard to be '70s Kiss, and this is not '70s Kiss. This is two other guys. Why yeah, are they he, playing the way they could play? Now, I'm not uber familiar with fucking uh, Tommy Thayer and Black and Blue. I know nothing about the band. No, no, I he, don't he know not, none of their shit.
0: He, I do, and I like Black and Blue. He did not play like Ace Frehley on those albums. In Sonic Boom, he was mimicking Ace Frehley. On Monster, he's not. Well, that's,
2: that's what I mean. Oh, shit. I, 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 I don't want to say played live. Bushy,
0: bushy, bushy, bushy. Gotta so, go the
2: we are in the middle of an edit. Ralph is old and had to go drain the main vein. His prostate is enlarged, so he probably can't even get a good flow. <laughs> I hope you hear this while you're editing. But I love you. <laughs> <laughs> So while you're editing, I hope you hear it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Ralph had to take a quick break and I don't know what the fuck we were talking about because as usual, Bushy's drinking beer. Let's get back to this record. What do you say? Uh, we're, we're talking about the live show. Um, obviously, it's heavily under the blade. You know, ridden, but uh, there, there, there's a couple. We got a, "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll." You've got a I am, "I Am I Me." Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: That I near the see. pack wasn't released yet. Um, a good version of uh, "Run for Your Life," which is it wasn't perform I only performed back then, which is good to have. And uh, let the good times roll. And uh, it's only rock and roll. We're originally on nasty cuts and. Big hits and nasty cuts, but uh, you know, this is actually the full show. So, anybody that has big hits and nasty cuts, those last two tracks, this is the full show,
2: yeah. And uh, I gotta say, I, I, I like that they still brought covers in. You know, they've got it, they got two albums worth of material. You know, they could have split it up with uh, Strictly Under the Blade and thrown in a couple more, you know, tracks off of You Can't Stop Rock and Roll.
0: Well, I I like that they're
2: still doing covers. Let me tell you. A good rock and roll band does a good fucking cover. And I'm one of these weirdos, Ralph, that nine times out of ten, I prefer a cover to originals. Not always. I think so far my only exception has been House of the Rising Sun by Five Finger Death Punch. And it's just because they changed the lyrics to Sin City. It didn't work for me.
0: Well, let me tell you that um, D. Snyder saw Led Zeppelin in Madison Square Garden right when Physical Graffiti was released. I mean, it was brand new. Okay. And uh, Robert Plant says on stage, this next song's off the new album. It's called Cashmere. And he said he saw so many people leaving to use the bathroom or to get a beer because nobody cares about new songs. And, you know, he's talking about 76. It still happens today. You know, there's a lot of people that, I mean, I'm not one of them. I want to hear new songs. But the majority of people that go to shows, they just want to hear the songs they know. They so know. if they throw in... they know Which is why cup. I hate
2: going to... Why, why, as much as I would love to see the End of the Road tour, I already know what they're going to play. And I've oh, already seen that three times.
0: That is going to be terrible as far as set lists go. It's going to be fucking the greatest hits bullshit. It's like when I saw the Motley Crue greatest hits tour. No deep tracks. Just bullshit. You know, Which and is I,
2: why I, I thought it was so amazing when you went and saw Priest.
0: Yeah, it was uh, all it, heat trucks
2: Yeah. It it was a, a priest show for priest fans.
0: Yeah. And not a lot of people complain well, actually, nobody complained. The only complaint I saw walking out was one guy goes, I can't believe they didn't play Painkiller. And I'm like, what is this? The first time you've seen Judas Priest? Because every time I've seen Judas Priest since that tour. They play Painkiller. You know, when you see Jesus Priest 10 times play Painkiller, I'm okay. And I'm talking right. about not only Painkiller, any fucking song that they I've seen them play 10 times. If they take it off the set list for something deeper that they've never played live at a show I've been at, oh, please, take off every fucking song. Take yeah. off Electric Eye, and I love that song, but take it off. And play me fucking uh, Deceiver off Sad Wings or Island of Domination. Play me some rare shit. And take off songs I love, but I've seen you play already many times. But I, I I'm, don't, but I, I
2: don't I'm, disagree. First time I see a band, I do kind of want to see the hits.
0: Well, yeah, of course. Because it's the first, first time. time. But I'm, I'm talking about, you know, for diehards that've seen them a bunch of times. It's like, right. it's fine. It's fine. You know, for me, it's fine. But I do understand. But the weird thing about that show that pre-show, which I've never witnessed before, when they were doing the deep tracks like "Killing Machine" and "Out in the Cold" and all this stuff, I didn't see anybody leaving. They all like the Out in the
2: cold, because I, I know Turbo's not a fan favorite of, of these that's
0: The only, only song I like off it. I love that song. I love it. It's a killer track. Fucking I mean, awesome. I like song. the
2: album too, but you probably do that.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I I've grown to like the title track. You know, because I was so used to the single version. I hate it. But then that album version, because we did an episode on the old podcast, so I had to listen to it. And I'm like, hey, man, this is, I like this part that's not in the video. And yeah, I know I heard it back then, but I forgot about it. I was like, yeah, Turbo Lover ain't that bad. I hate the single version, but Turbo Lover and Out in the Cold. Those two songs I like. And I like uh, Hot for Love, the same reason I like all, all night, so stupid it's great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like Pronto Guidance just because that was another one of those songs that spoke to me back in the day. Because I was dealing Man. With that, I was dealing with that kind of shit, uh, uh, living in a in a uber Christian conservative household. You know, like I said, my dad said he I would listened to metal to piss him off. So Pronto well, Guidance were, you was kind a of a fuck you. You know, doing, you were a
0: kid. Yeah. And that's a kitty rock song, and you can't deny that. It is. You, you listen to the song, the melody sounds like fucking Sesame Street shit. It it's a sounds... kiddie song. I'm not saying it to goof on you. It's the truth. And you still <laughs> like it now. For I nostalgic. still love that song.
2: I prefer it's the nostalgia. live
0: version. I prefer no version of that. That's the worst <laughs> song ever written. Ever. Piece of shit. <laughs> worst ever? Ever. I can't think. Of... And boy, Demolition ain't nothing to sneeze at as far as shitty songs. But that song, man, ooh. And, and believe me, that song had some fucking good competition, but, yeah, man. And that song was
2: huge in the 80s. It was it was on MTV. Yes. And... Uh,
0: it was on, on there a lot, but, you know,
2: uh, you know. Rob Halford with his
0: Going Bald, but
2: I Got a bullet Thing going on.
0: Well, yeah, everybody that I hung out with was like, fuck that song. You know, people were sick of it on MTV. People of my age are like, dude, play something different. Because right. yeah, there was a time that's all they played. And I was like, fuck this song. And now, in retrospect, they're even ashamed of it. They haven't played that shit since the Turbo Tour.
2: That's a damn shame. Damn shame. It's way better than like uh, Breaking the Law.
0: Oh, I beg to differ. But you see, that t- <laughs> timeline is everything. See, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm fucking, you, but, you know, <laughs> I'm fucking with you, dude.
0: You know, Bernie Steel was Bernie Steel was my Turbo. <clears throat> you know? That's when I was a kid. Great song. I love Breaking the Law. Love it. I I do too.
2: I'm just messing with you. Now, this Live at the Marquee, uh, one of the things I like about it, you were telling me before we started recording, I believe, I could probably go back and be like, oh, no, this was absolutely while we were recording. Uh, I don't know anything about the Marquee Club in London. Um, When I visited London as a kid, my mom wasn't taking me to the heavy metal clubs. (laughs) Okay, so I know nothing right. about this place. You said it's a very small
0: venue? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just talking about what I've heard people say. You know, there's okay, a lot okay. of bands that talk about playing the marquee and how it was a horrible experience.
2: Okay, I got gotcha.
0: you. Just going by word of mouth. From bands. Right.
2: I know that there's a, there's a point in here where, you know, D's talking to the crowd. They break into the next song. I don't remember where it is in, in, in this set. But you could hear like J.J. talking in the background. It must have been after he was pointing out all the mics, saying we're recording here live. You know, there's a mic here, there's a mic here. If you want to say fuck you, say fuck you. You know, yeah. you know in it his it is typical D fashion. They break into the song and it's like you could hear J.J. Now, I, I, I can't decipher what the fuck he's saying. But you can hear him talking. And you know what bands play on stage, they talk to each other. You know, a lot of people don't seem to realize that. But no, they, they'll still talk to each other. They'll walk right up in the middle of a fucking song. You'd be like ripping off a killer solo. And the bass player comes up and says something to you. That, that's just one of these things that happens. Right. I thought it was kind of cool. It didn't take away from the concert, you know, the, the live disc, that you could actually hear that. It gives you a more intimate feel. If you, especially if you put the big fucking headphones over your head. Plug this thing in and play it. Close your eyes. You could almost feel you're in this grimy fucking club, you know, in London, England. Because you could hear J.J. talking. And I imagine if you were up front on stage, you could have heard that. I think that's just kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing that probably could have been easily edited out.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, But they didn't because they wanted to keep it raw. As they were, because Twin Sister was a metal band in the same vein as Motorhead. They were right. vicious. They were loud. They were fast, you know. And you know they had the occasional melodic tune, but you know I Am I Me and stuff like that. But you know for the majority of their music, they were a vicious
2: at the yeah, they time. Were balls to the wall rock and roll for sure. Yeah,
0: at the time it was metal. I mean, there's yeah. no ar- coming around it. When I was a kid, ACDC was metal you know, but now it's, you know, it's been diluted through the years, yeah. but, you know, uh, it's just, you know, yeah, you listen to ACDC now, it's like, yeah, it's good rock and roll, but, man, I mean, listen to Let There Be Rock, I mean, that is as raw as it gets, it's like, I man, it's a little more the, than rock and roll.
2: Right. Well, I think the thing is, the metal sound has gotten so heavy.
0: Yeah, it, you know, and, and, and it doesn't...
2: The of things, the things like this that were very metal, if you try to put it up. A metal head has to understand how riffs are played to appreciate that this is fucking metal. Yeah. And that's why, well, you know, what people say hair metal and things like that, I just, you, know, you know what? It's still fucking metal.
0: It was just I, of the time. I, hey, if the music's good, I don't care what you look like. I, I look at a great example Night Songs. Look at that album cover. That fucking album rules. Oh, I'm not one of these fucking that's people that's I'm not one of these people that's, you know, cause they look goofy. They look like a poison. I'm not going to like it. It has to be the music. If poison released night songs, I would say I like a poison album. I, I right. would have no problem with it. You know, no, Just... and,
2: and, and you are like that. And, and that's why I'll always give you credit. You can recognize, and I hate to say good tunes because good tunes to me is not good tunes to you and vice versa. But when you come together on an album, Especially guys like you and I that are on two completely different sides of the of the metal fence, there's obviously something good there.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, if you like it, great for you. You know, I I like some of it. You know, uh, a lot of the bands that were really glammy, they didn't really start out that way. And that was you know, like you know, Motley Crue looked like the World Warriors. Dokken yeah. wasn't glammy yet during Tooth and Nail. You know, I mean, I love all that shit. You know, I do love all that, you know, and a lot of them, you know, took the route I didn't like. So be it, you know, I mean, but I'm always going to love Shadow the Devil. I don't care what they turned into, what those, you know, the, the, you know, there's a handful of songs I like later on. But, you know, same thing with uh, Twisted Sister. You know, I mean, I think after Stay Hungry, they released, you know, for the most part, in my opinion, piss poor albums. Nothing like the, you know, the first three. And there's a lot of people that hate Stay Hungry, you know. But that's them, you know. I mean, I think, sure. you know, I think they had a good run, you know. I, I mean, Not...
2: here, here's what I can say about Stay Hungry. My least favorite song on that is We're Not Gonna Take It.
0: Yeah, and, mine too.
2: You know, and I want to rock because you know the Beast, SMF, you know Horror Terrier, mm-hmm. the Captain Howdy, Street Justice, the Price, don't, even, dude, even Don't Let Me Down. That's probably, Don't Let Me Down is probably my favorite song uh, on that album.
0: That's an awesome song.
2: You know, Stay Hungry Itself, the title track, just fucking brutal. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, probably, I love it. The problem it. is, you probably forgot to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you know, it, it came crashing down. The Ego killed this band, and Mark Mendoza wanted to kill him. You know, had a serious falling out because D let it go to his head, and then. And D is the first guy to admit this. I've heard D say this: how you know, come out and play and love us for suckers deflated him, you know, because right. you know he was really just fucking right. Uh, you know, yeah. he was this big, bigger than life, uh, and he calls himself an egomaniac. His wife calls him an egomaniac, and you know what? That's fine. He's D fucking Snyder. Right. He deserves yeah, to D. be an. He deserves to be an egomaniac. The way that motherfucker
2: guy took on Congress, for fuck's sake,
0: as a scumbag. Yes. he went in there all scummy looking, but he, he destroyed them because they Jean thought.
2: jacket with the sleeves cut off,
0: twisted sister patch
2: yep. on the back, big fucking hair, and yep. hit him with intelligence and hit
0: him with logic. I love it. But him walking in, the way they looked, the way he looked, Congress looked at him going, "Ha ha, oh man, it's like a lamb coming to slaughter." And yes, it was. But the tables were turned. They got Absolutely. slaughtered by Dee Snyder.
2: If we're going to talk about that, we have to talk about what they're talking about under the blade and the sadomasochism. And he's trying to explain what the song was about to him. He's looking at Senator Al Gore and says, it must be Tipper Gore who's yeah. having these thoughts. Dude, exactly. Have you ever seen a politician more angry? Oh, yeah. He without saying to kill. anything. Dude, he was pissed.
0: He wanted to kill him, and you know. the bottom line, I mean, the moral of that whole story is fuck Tipper Gore, fuck censorship. You know, I mean, uh, you know, not to get political, but seriously, man, uh, goya foods, man. My parent, I don't like it. I'm am not a fan of Cuban food, but you know, this guy praises Trump, and now people want to boycott. What happened to free speech? Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that's exactly what Tipper Gore was. No different yeah. than what's going on today. You can't have it. Yeah, if you don't fall in line and believe what I believe in, you're wrong, and we're gonna boycott you, dude. It's like it's more accepted now. Well, tipper, but back then in the '80s, man, like the song, "We're not gonna take this shit." Yeah, you know, fuck you, you know. And then you know, the
2: thing about it is, you got D. Snyder, <laughs> fucking cigarettes. You got D. Snyder that gives that brilliant speech and answers those questions and just lays waste to them. And then you have Frank Zappa, who really came across in I always thought he was a Nimrod. I don't like Zappa at all. Music, oh, I, I, I don't know, know anything what? about him. I don't like his goofy I, music.
0: I love, I love, you know, some Zappa albums, but I don't think he came off that good. I think Dee Snyder and uh, John Denver came out better.
2: John Denver. That's where I was going to go
0: next. John that. Denver was great, but uh, you know the, the the only complaint I had with. With Frank Zappa's uh, during that was he was a little too attacky and it it didn't it didn't really make the rock scene, you know, sound more legit where where D said it in a very, you know, like she must have, you know, sadomasochist thoughts in kind of like in passing where, you know, Frank Zappa wrote down, I'm going to insult these fuckers, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But if all three of them were like Frank Zappa, believe me. The Congress would have won, so what Frank Zappa did that day, he thank God John Denver and D. Snyder were there to you know make up for you know what the Congress wanted. They wanted somebody to go in there and attack on make and, and so they can look like you know unreasonable bad guys. Yes, you know, and I'm not like against what Frank Zappa said. I'm just saying what they wanted Frank gave them, and right. with D. and John Denver. Gave them they didn't want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because
2: I don't think I think you would expect D Snyder to come in and give an argument as to why you shouldn't censor music. You know, because you would expect that from him. I don't think they expected him to be as eloquent as he was.
0: He's a very smart guy. D. Snyder is very, very smart. He absolutely
2: is. I don't think they expected John Denver to come in on the side. Of these guys here. It's not that he was on the side of those guys here. He was just on the side of the first fucking amendment. That's a great thing, guys. If you, if you haven't ever seen that, you have to watch that footage of John Denver, Frank Zappa, D. Snyder, and those whole PMRC, Parents Music Resource Center hearings. Those Senate hearings. It was, it's, it's fucking brilliant. You might be able to skip the Frank Zappa shit because he's a tool anyway. I never did like him.
0: Well, I mean, I, I do, but I I'm just saying, you know? What he said was cool, but it wasn't the time or place for it, you know.
2: Best say to come out of Frank Zappa with Steve Vai.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Terry Bosio ain't no slouch either, bro. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Well, you don't like you don't like fucking do you hear me? Fucking yeah. missing persons. Come on, that's eighties pop. You should like that shit.
2: Uh I'm weird on 80s pop too. I don't
0: I don't like I don't like it either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I figure you would.
2: No, I mean I like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and shit like that, but hey. You do?
0: Actually you really do, or are you just kidding? No, I really do. All right, man, I can't believe I'm holding in my laughter.
2: <laughs> you what you want a laugh? I'll give you a laugh. I've even played it on the fucking radio.
0: Electric youth. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Debbie Gibson's I, brutal.
2: <laughs> I even uh <laughs> Just to fuck with Scott one day, because I knew he was listening, I closed my show, you know, after saying my goodbyes. My last song as I'm going off the air was New Kids on the Block. <laughs> and, hey. I, I, and I don't like them. <laughs> but I,
0: I, love, do I love, I uh, love, tell me why. I love that song from the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Love great. it. <laughs> love that song. That's hey.
2: one of the things I love about you, and we never did finish it. Uh, and, and the mountain man's obviously not with me anymore. I would love to have him come back for a show. We'll have to do that. Not talking metal part two. We've got to get into that.
0: Yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of stuff that ain't metal that I love.
2: Right. You know? that's, that's one of the things I like about you is you're a music fan. Is there anything else we could possibly say about this record?
0: Yeah, go buy it.
2: Oh, for fucking real. This reissue. It's, it's worth it if, for no other reason than that second CD, that live at the Marquee Club, nineteen
0: eighty-three. Yep. Nah, you you're gonna love that studio EP. Get them both. I'll
2: pee. Well, yeah. Just skip uh, all the bonus tracks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fuck the bonus tracks. <laughs> and, you know, once uh, you can't stop rock and roll is over. Take it out. You know, yeah, it's okay. quite. I haven't really played this CD ever. And you know, I mean, I bought I bought it, but this one. I, I, I don't listen to it because, you know, I have. You can't stop rocking around vinyl. I have the marquee on vinyl. So, you know, I don't have to be interrupted by three bonus tracks. You know what I mean? Listen to it as I grew up with it. Fuck bonus tracks. Put it on a separate CD. You know, that I'm all for. Just do not taint my fucking album, what I grew up with. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Outstanding. Uh, quick question uh, D. Snyder's solo album. Now, he has a live. Album coming out soon. Solo album, Made in America or American Made. Or no, for the love of metal. Yeah. American Made is just one of my favorite songs. <laughs> what, what do you think of that album? I mean, that's fucking. D is like, he's like, you know what? I'm not even rock and roll type metal anymore. I'm fucking metal.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I love the first half. The first side, every song, including American Made. I think it's great. The second part, I don't know, man. I have a little you know some modern metal popular you know trendy metal on there and then it ends with a great title track you know the, the title track's great but i'd say half that album is really really good the other half eh, trying to get a little too modern for me you know for me uh you know you can say i'm stuck in old times because all the new bands i like have that classic feel like you know all the new bands are like is like side one of for the love of metal you know what i mean right. you know What is it? Yesterday don't mean nothing or something like that. The the second track on that album is so good. I gave you yesterday, so fucking good. I mean, the whole first side is fucking phenomenal. Love it.
2: Yeah, it's 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 absolutely brilliant. Um, I actually like most of the album. Uh, I'm actually trying to pull it up.
0: You know, you know what you like, Bushy. If you haven't heard it, is the first Widowmaker. Oh, I have it. Blood I and believe. bullets.
2: I believe. Hold on a second.
0: Uh, let me. Blood and bullets is totally down your alley. I like some of it. Some of it's a little too poppy, but that second one, "Stand By for Pain" from Widowmaker, fucking rules. That's
2: what I have. "Stand By for Pain." Oh no,
0: no. You you know what? Blood and bullets is more your your speed.
2: Because I see, and I love "Stand By for Pain." That shit just doesn't fuck oh, no. around.
0: That album fucking rules. Every track is great. Uh, but you know, Blood and Bullets is more mm, you know, more hairbandish, you know, more of that type of hairband feel. Though it does have some smoking tracks on it though. Well, but I think check it, it out the...
2: then because this one is the one I remember. I don't I don't I don't remember that first one. This is the one I remember. I I, I either heard it on the radio or there was something that was on M T V. Because I do no, remember no. hearing this.
0: Yeah, you heard it somewhere else. This was never on M T V.
2: Okay, they, they had a video. I know.
0: They did have a video for Long Gone, but that was shown on how I saw it was on a Latin MTV, which my cable company was the only cable company in all of America that had Latin MTV because Latin MTV was broadcasted down here. Oh, so, nice. nice. Yeah, so that's where I saw the long, you know, because it came out and I was like, ah, eh, you know, I like the first Widowmaker. I'll eventually get it. Then when I saw that song, I was like, Holy shit, I got to get this album for that song along. Even if the rest of the album sucks, yeah, this song I got to get. And then when I got the rest of the album, I was like, fuck, this whole album rules.
2: Yeah, it was definitely way heavier than we were used to because we're so used to you know, Twisted, obviously.
0: Yeah, it was great.
2: Awesome what, shit. One last question I got to ask you, because I know you're a fan and I haven't seen your reaction yet or heard your reaction or anything like that. Blood from Above, New Striper track.
0: Oh my god, it's fucking phenomenal,
2: dude. That is that riff not sick? Am I? Oh uh, yeah, no, i
0: I praised it. I praised it already. Um, I put up that when it, you know the first day they put up that song, I was like, "Fuck, man, this band is just fucking amazing." They, you know, I I prefer newer Striper than older Striper. Which is I, rare. I,
2: I, do, I do, too.
0: It's <laughs> rare, though. It's rare because most bands, you know, you love their 80s shit. And there's, you know, even the bands later, you know, the later stuff's good, but it's not the 80s shit. But no. Right. Striper is probably the only band I can think of that their newer stuff is better than the older stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, because their last three albums were <laughs> fucking unbelievably amazing. Great. Unbelievably great. And I can't wait. I already bought it. I already, I already bought the it i already pre-ordered it man nice and uh it's gonna be here in like two months i think august it comes out
2: yeah man fourth is the official release date
0: okay yeah so yeah a couple months from now yeah it's two months so i'm looking forward to it man i already and bushy and i interviewed michael sweet he couldn't have been a cooler dude
2: oh he was he was absolutely sweet and uh you know he even you know, shook Navas' hand, high fived her, and made sure to say goodbye to her as he was getting on the shuttle to go to the airport. So she was smitten with the guy.
0: Yeah, he's an awesome dude. He was a really nice guy, and I was very, very uh, impressed. How and it wasn't the first time I met him, but it was you know, obviously I'm sitting there talking to him for a while. Where I met him before for an autograph and a quick, quick little chat, you know. But that was, and you know, then I saw him the next morning in the lobby, and he goes, hey, "That was a great interview, man." Sznack was there you can you can vouch for me like he gave me a great interview because you know We delivered man we gave yeah. we, we fucking impressed his ass
2: That's that's awesome And uh, he said something to that effect to me as he was getting on the bus too as he shook my head and left because I was parked right in front of the hotel right between the hotel and the bus so He he was a great guy. Uh, I heard blood from above and the first thing that struck me was like this guy has just been in a metal mood lately because even even 10
0: that's fucking metal. Oh, ten is awesome. You
2: yeah, know? yeah. And, that that and the the last Ten Three is... Striper album, it's like it's it's fucking metal. Yeah. This is not rock and roll anymore. <laughs> you know what the hell. <laughs> kicks ass. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh for my show, cuz this is a crossover, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give me either something to promote or some final thoughts and then for your show. You could dig into the vault. What do you say?
0: All right. Well, um, what like suggest something? Sure. Um, I want to suggest a band called crypt sermon. They're amazing. They have two albums out. I can't remember the name of the albums. Now one has light in the title, the title. The other one has garden and tunnel, Band. but it's just so good. Their second album. I like more. Uh, give them a listen on YouTube. Their albums are there and if you like it buy it. If you don't then you suck
2: <laughs> That's awesome, I'll, I'll have to check about uh, I'm, I'm not going to recommend an album uh, what I Dude, I was just walking around Walmart the other day and I haven't had a chance to read it yet But there's not a whole lot to read Walmart had this book. It was in the you know the cheap bid for like six bucks it's the Jackson's Legacy from the Family Archives, the 50th Anniversary book. It's about the Jackson 5. Cool.
0: I love this Jackson 5.
2: And, and, and I know you do. And that's why I wanted to bring this out for uh, you particularly. It's, uh, if you look at the back cover, it says, Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Marlon, Michael, Randy. Excuse me. The Jackson 5. Memories of the Brothers. Untold, Unseen, Unforgettable. And it is just Loaded. And i mean loaded with rare
0: photos. Yep. Even at a very young age, Michael Jackson was extremely talented. And you know what also Michael Jackson is? Not a pedophile. Innocent! Yes. Fuck I agree. you idiots. Anybody that thinks that Michael Jackson is a pedophile, you obviously are a media twat. Yeah. And you don't look into shit. You idiot. You Check fucking idiot.
2: <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree with you check that out uh, The Jackson's Legacy
0: yeah I'd like and to it, check that
2: out. and it's from the Family Archives so it, it's a heavy book um, it's hardcover I, like I said man I found it at Walmart in their throwaway bin for six bucks it's probably one of my greatest finds for a, for a hardcover book
0: yeah right on yes uh, so go get that Jackson book and Crip sermon and you can thank us later Absolutely. <laughs> right on there, Bushy. Well, thank you again for having me on and giving me the opportunity to do a crossover show. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed what uh, we did. And Bushy, you go do your thing. I'm going in the vault.
2: All right. I definitely will. I can't wait to hear what you put on the vault in the Vieira vault. And all I'm going to say is motherfuckers, buy vital, and we'll see you next time. very soon i know what the fuck is this shit this is how we say goodbye on the plug see you next week